Hi guys. Um, uh, it's a pleasure to have my friend Xu here today. Uh, Xu got his PhD four years ago uh, from Ottawa University in Canada, and now he's a full-time researcher uh, in Inria Lille in France. Uh, and today he's going to talk about some mobility stuff that will appear in this year's Infocom, so end of March. Uh, let's welcome him. So thank you for the introduction. So before talking a start talk, I would like to thank uh, Pro Professor Lith and uh, Tianji for inviting me here. And it's my pleasure to share some of my results with uh, fellow researchers in the university here. So, uh, so the talk will be about how to handle mobility in various ad hoc and assessment networks. Uh, I'll have a, a few words about my research areas. So basically I'm working on this uh, working on mobile computing and uh, with some specialization in mobility management and some other stuff like uh, topology control, data communications, and uh, some security, uh, security problems. And um, mainly I'm working in these uh, various ad hoc and sense networks, and recently I'm starting to do something in mobile social networks too. So the talk will be, uh, be focusing on uh, mobility management. So there's, uh, I consider there's two aspects in mobility management. So one is like uh, mobility is, uh, is a networking tool. So in this case, uh, we're studying how to schedule mobility in the, uh, for example, ad hoc networks or ad hoc sensor and the robot networks. So in this problem, there is like a, what we are doing now is like to use like some mobile nodes in various sensor networks to control the coverage of network by deploying or relocating some sensor nodes around to improve the, the sending coverage overall or the connectivity. And also we are using these uh, mobile nodes to collect data from sensor nodes so as to save energy uh, by reducing communications. And recently we also have some results on localization problem. The idea is using some mobile robots to deliver some beacon signals to sensor nodes in network so that the sensor nodes will be able to compute their own position based on these beacon signals. And then the problem will be how to schedule the uh, movement path of these, uh, these robots. And uh, in the other aspect of mobility management is uh, mobility handling. So in this case, uh, mobility is considered as a disturbing factor. Uh, for example, when you do routing, then the destination is, it just moves away, then it will be a problem. And uh, for the mobility handling problem, we're considering like uh, the three following problems, uh, sub-problems like uh, neighborhood discovery, how to maintain up-to-date view of your neighborhood because somebody is moving, somebody is, uh, is just come and go and freely, so you need to know where, uh, which nodes are in your communication range. And also through these current problems and the routing to a mobile sync. We will see details in the following slides. <coughs> so first uh, we'll look at this neighborhood discovery problem. So we consider uh, a network basically is a mobile ad hoc networks, so everybody is moving. And uh, each nodes want to find out which other nodes are within their communication range so that they can later on do, for, uh, do the data communication. And the basic, basic solution techniques is uh, Halo protocol. The idea is everybody will exchange, will send Halo message at some frequency so to claim their existence or claim their position, whatever information they want. And then 
the 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 key problem to this uh, hollow protocol is is the hollow frequency. So the uh, optimal hollow frequency is expected to save communication cost. So, but when the node mobility is present, there is no fixed optimal frequency exist. So the idea case is like uh, the, the the hollow frequency should be adaptive to node mobility. So high for high mobility, low for low mobility. And the most of existing hollow protocols basically uh, like uh, define some some threshold value. For example, if they are they move like more than certain distance, then they transmit the hollow message. Or basically using a different uh, predefined hollow frequency. Well, this is not a truly adaptive protocols. So, what we are doing actually is uh, develop. Uh, well, it's not the first uh, adaptive hollow protocol, but uh, the first one that utilizes the position information to improve hollow protocol performance. Well, we call it uh, autoregressive hollow protocol. The reason is we're using uh, we're using a hollow uh, autoregressive modeling technique to uh, predict uh, mobility. We'll see detail in next next few slides. So. The, the basic idea is to adjust uh, hollow frequency to the optimal value according to time variable node mobility. And uh, what we assume that each node knows their own position. And this can be achieved by uh, being attached with a uh, uh, GPS device, for example. And uh, each node will uh, constantly estimate or predict its own position using the, oh sorry, uh, constantly predicts or estimates its uh, every neighbor's position based on the uh, Location reports in the past. Well, those location reports is embedded in the hollow message from those nodes. And then when the prediction uh, nodes transmits a hollow message for itself, uh, when it knows that some of its neighbor nodes have an inaccurate location estimate about itself, in that case, it will transmit a hollow message. And this actually determines the hollow frequency risk. Uh, Hello frequency, but the, the, then there is two questions need to be answered. So how does a node knows about the inaccuracy about its location uh, estimates at some neighboring node? Another question is how to determine this lo uh, this uh, location estimation accuracy. Well, this slide gives an uh, overall picture about this uh, protocol execution process. Uh, consider two nodes, node N and node M. And node N is trying to determine a hollow frequency for itself based on the location estimates, uh, its own location estimates at node M. So what they are doing, what it is going to do is, it's going to sample its own position by read, uh, look at the GPS device at some predefined uh, sampling read. And then it's got some position samples here. Initially, it's uh, not enough position sample there's no not enough position position samples, so it's simply transmit the, the 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 position samples through hollow message to node M, and then as the more and more position samples come, then it's able to establish a mobility model, which we're using this autoregressive modeling technique. Uh, from this mobility model, it's going to uh, going to predict its own position. It's going to predict its own position. This is a mobility model for itself. So it's got some position estimates. And now, on the other side, the position samples keeps coming, and they compare these position estimates and the position sample. If the estimation is accurate, then it will go through this branch, using the estimates to update its own mobility model. And, and then the, it's, it's going like this way, and then at some point, the estimates no longer accurate. Then we go 
go up there, and actually they are, the node is going to transmit a hello message which carries its own position sample to node M. Otherwise, keep silent. So it transmits it transmit hello message only when the estimation is no, no longer accurate. So on node, uh, node M, it receives the hello message from node N, and actually has a collection of position samples. And then this, doing, using the same technique to build a mobility model for node N, and uh, using this model to predict uh, the position of node N. And uh, it's using the uh, estimates to update the model like, the, like this, unless they receive a hello message from N, and in that case, they will actually update the position, update the model using the, the position, true position sample. So you can see, because this uh, model is built at both nodes using the same set of position samples, and maintained in the same way. So the two models are actually identical. Then node N actually is able to know its own location estimate by node M because they are using exactly the same mobility model. Okay, that's the trick here. And by doing this, it's able to determine when to transmit hello message. Now, the question is how to determine whether the position estimate is accurate or not. Well, a straightforward way is to set a, a a threshold value, for example, if the estimate is too far from the true location, then it's going to transmit. But this gives us a, a question, how to select the optimal threshold value, then we, we don't know how, we, which value is the optimal because that depends on the mobility. Now we consider a parameterless approach. We do not use any special uh, threshold value, but, uh, but using the topological uh, trend. So the idea is, uh, node N knows its own, own location, like a PI, its true location from GPS device. And based on a mobility model, it knows the, the, the estimates about its own location at each of its neighbors, which is actually N prime. So it's uh, build this, uh, this, uh, this graph. Uh, this link means that the distance is less than transmission range to their neighbors. If you see that there is a link missing here, like uh, this AN exists, but uh, with, there is no link between A and A prime, then it knows actually the estimate is not good enough. We call it like a false edge deletion because there is edge here deleted because of the, uh, the estimation error. Another case is uh, it's going to look, look at all its neighbors, like uh, this nodes, and uh, like for example, uh, counterclockwise. Uh, the, this is the true position. The, the, the sequence, the appearance order will be B, A, C, D. It's look at uh, counterclockwise. And then now, you look at this uh, position estimates, and the, the order will be A, B, C, D, so it's different. So we call it false order adjacency. So if either of these cases occurs, it is considered that its location estimation is not accurate enough, then it's transmit a hollow message. Okay, so there's no threshold value used, and it's purely based on the topology uh, distortion caused by the position estimates. And then this uh, answers the question how to determine location error. Well, that's the basic idea of the approach. And uh, we conducted some simulation and to test the performance of the protocol. And we used some real, tra real uh, trace data this is collected uh, from some pedestrian runners in a field, and this is uh, the this shows the trace of these uh, pedestrian runners, and then we evaluate uh, the performance using two metrics: one is the neighborhood accuracy, the other one is the neighborhood error. But the, but uh, these two 
the summation of these two is not equal to one, so by definition. So just give some. Uh, okay, so we compared the protocol we called ARH with uh, the the only competing algorithm in literature, so which is uh, is a this is a TAP protocol. So this TAP is also from our group, my group in Leo. Uh, we find actually, you see here accuracy and error. After some learning period, both protocol have the same accuracy, the same error. But by looking at this figure, we will find that this is our new approach actually have a much lower hollow frequency, like a, we cut the hollow frequency by half. So there's a huge amount of message saving if you consider the algorithm going, the, the network going operating a very long time. So, so this is a, a significant improvement in this hollow protocol over the previous work. Uh, okay, that's for the neighborhood discovery problem. So, any questions so far? Okay, so we move on to next next problem, uh, which is uh, service discovery. So we are going to consider different network model. For this problem, considering uh, various sensor and uh, actor networks, or it's also called various sensor and robot networks. So in this network, we have a large number of sensor nodes which are static, and they, they are connected by themselves, among themselves, from a ad hoc network. And then there is a few mobile robots they are moving around the network to provide deliverance of some services to the sensor nodes of the environment. Like there, if there is a fire occurs, then the mobile robots are going to go there and stop the fire. Or if the sensor node fail, or the battery power is going to be depleted. So it's going to go there to recharge the, the sensor or fix the sensor nodes. Well, this, the, there's a, a few robots nodes, we call them service providers, and the sensor nodes will be called, will be called the service consumers. Well, these uh, this service provider nodes move occasionally only upon request. So if there is no request, they stay still there. <coughs> so the solution uh, is expected to guarantee decent sensitive service delivery, because robots nodes need to move physically to deliver their service. So Intuitively, we need to find the closest service provider so that we can be serviced like, uh, in the, sh the shortest time. So decent sensitivity is very important. Well, closest service selection is, is preferred, of course. Otherwise, nearby service selection should be guaranteed. Nearby service selection, we define, uh, in this paper, we define it as the discovered service provider is at most twice as far as the closest one. That's called nearby service selection. And then we propose a solution to this problem based on a distance-based blocking technique. Well, this figure shows uh, how this distance-based blocking is going to be applied. So imagine we have a grid network, and we have this uh, node A and B. Suppose they are robots, for example. So node A already send the information like along a row and a, along a, a row and a column. So this uh, send a message to uh, along a row and a column and to distribute its location information among its nodes. So other nodes in this, uh, this node knows the location of A. Now node B, we are going, going to send message in the same way in four directions. So when the message reach node C here, node C is going to compare the distance between B and C and A and C. And then C finds out that B is closer than A. So C will decide to actually forward P 
B's message, and meanwhile to block the message of A. But actually, A's message already goes through, goes through it. In that case, node C is going to send a message downwards to erase all the information on the path so that the message of A can be actually blocked at itself. So it's the message of B will keep going there, and the, the message they'll send another message to erase the information above the A in this path. And meanwhile, the message of B goes upwards and reach D. At this point, D blocks the message of B because BD is larger than the AD. So this is blocking. So eventually, it's going to be like this. So we say B blocks A at C, and A blocks D at B, uh, A blocks B at D. So this is the distance-based blocking. It happens at two points. Now we look at a, a large size network. We have a number of nodes. This is still a good grid network. And we have these uh, colorful dots, which is uh, robot nodes. And each robot node will send information in four directions, going to draw, uh, uh, going to draw a complete mesh. So this is the mesh structure. And then we we'll apply. We're going to apply this distance-based blocking at the some nodes. And then we have uh, another mesh structure with some some uh, some edge removed. And this is the, the green nodes are the nodes where the distance-based blocking is applied. So this is a new structure. We call it information mesh. <coughs> and uh, so we look at node B here. We find the message of B does not propagate far. It's actually uh, it's blocked somewhere, and the transmission is constrained within some local region. So this is node B. You can see this is the transmission path. Imagine it's a very large network. So you can see there is actually, by, block, by applying this blocking here, we save messages. Now we look at another nodes. So remember, these big colorful dots are actually robots. They are service providers. So these small dots are sensors. They are service consumers. They want to develop, uh, discover service providers, which is closest. Uh, and then this is a service consumer. And you can simply send the search message in four directions. When the message hit the border of this cell, it's going to find the, the service provider. Okay, because all these sensors along this path stores the information about these uh, robots nodes, these service providers. So, and then you can see this, the lookup process also constrained within local area. Okay, it's constrained is within a, a match cell. And, uh, and then we did some theoretical analysis about this. We've, we we proved that, well, uh, what we want to do is want to find the closest or nearby service, uh, service, service provider. And we proved that in most of the cases, actually, they are able to find the closest or nearby service provider. Only in some very rare case, is uh, like uh, the remote service discovery can be, or distant service discovery can happen. And, uh, when, when the service provider moves, uh, in this case, suppose this one, so it, the service consumer will select this node to, to, as a service, deliver, a service provider to service itself. And this node receives the request that will actually send the information along this path, again, to erase its own information from the, system, from the network. And the blocking here will be removed, and the, the information will keep, keep going in this way because 
this information is removed, the blocking is also removed. And after this node delivers service to this guy, and it will stay somewhere here, for example, and then it will actually rejoin the network by sending information in four directions, and the blocking will, be hyper, will happen again, and some inform information will be erased, and the, the max structure will be adjusted. Okay, so this is uh, the way how we do it. And uh, there is like uh, uh, some theoretical results about this, uh, uh, the cost of constructing this math structure, the cost of uh, this service, uh, this service lookup process, and also analysis about the distance sensitivity. Uh, but that uh, was done in the grid network. And then we show, well, we didn't implement it, but we show how to do it in a, a random network, arbitrary network scenario. So this arbitrary network, and uh, we can actually achieve this uh, direc directional uh, information, or how directional uh, message transmission by using this uh, greedy phase, greedy routing protocol. Well, this is existing work. So by applying this routing protocol, we are able to send information in certain directions. Okay, this is how it's going to lack in an arbitrary network using GFG to implement this algorithm. This is with only one a single service provider here. If we have more than one service provider, it's what's it going to, to look at? Look like it's going to be like this. So this is some simulation results. It shows the distance sensitivity. Here TCR means the distance from a sensor node or service consumer to the discovered service provider to the distance from the service consumer to the closest service provider. So this ratio is supposed to be, expected to be equal to one. So that means the closest service selection. Or it should be equal to two, that means nearby service selection. And then we can see the average TCR is almost equal to one. You can use it's 1.002. There's two different uh, versions of the algorithm with some, some optimization technique applied. So you can see it's very close to one on average. And uh, there's some peak TCR ratio well, that means we cannot guarantee nearby or closest service selection. You can see this can be as bad as almost six. That means the discover service provider is six times far as the closest one. It's not good. But when you see the probability here, well, this, this case, that means TCR larger than one, which is not near, even nearby service selection, happens at a, at a very low probability. Remember here is times 0.001. So you can see this is very low probability. Okay, so this is the, the algorithm for the distance sensitive service discovery problem. And it's, called, it's a localized solution because there's no network-wide flooding involved, no global knowledge is required, so it's efficient. Okay, so we're going to see the, sec uh, the, the third problem. Any questions? Do you have any comparison of how, so you could of course just flood all the information and then cut it in the same way that if you had uh, some letting cast routes in an IP network and you're just flooding things to your immediate neighbors and every time you get a, a route to the same service you cut if you've got already got a closer route. So do you have any comparison of sort of the efficiency? Yeah, we compared it. It's not shown here. We compared it with uh, uh, so-called Quirin technique. The idea is, is here we're using this blocking so that uh, mesh is constructed. Well, in the Quirin technique, it's exactly the, they're using exactly this structure. 
so they send the information along the whole row, and then when they search, they, they just simply send information across uh, the whole network in the, the other direction. So when they hit the, all these rows, they can pick the one which closest. But this guarantee closest service selection, but it's a bad performance in energy efficiency or message efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. We compare it with that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the the third problem is uh, is routing to mobile sync. This is the the network, a sense network again, but there is a single mobile sync in network. So traditionally, the sync node is static. So every sense node report their readings to the sync node. But now there is a mobile sync node. The mobility is needed, in the sense that. We want to balance energy consumption in the network. So there is results results uh, shown that uh, shows that uh, the, the nodes around the fixed sync will die first because these nodes have very high uh, message relay load from other sensors. So in order to prolong the network lifetime as a whole, the sync node actually need to be placed uh, run, uh, dynamically in some different places so that it can balance the energy consumption in the network. That's the idea why we use mobile sync. Uh, okay, so in this case, since sync is moving, so how can we guarantee message delivery from sensor nodes to sync node? Well, this is a big uh, challenge. Uh, yes, that's the the problem. And then there is could be uh, there is two mobility models considered. One is like a random mobility. Uh, the sync has no knowledge about itself, uh, its own mobility. It can be like a, the node is mounted. Uh, on animals, so animals behave randomly. You can no idea where it's moving to and what's going to happen next time in the next time slot. So the other mobility uh, model is a controllable mobility. This can be like uh, you mount the sync node on uh, onto a, a vehicle or robot. So you know where you can control the vehicle, the robot. You know where it's going and what's going to happen. So it's controllable mobility. So, uh, but there's uh, is possibility that. Uh, you know is that the robots or vehicle is moving to somewhere, but suddenly uh, in, in the middle of its uh, movement, it changes that destination moves somewhere else. It's, it's, it's possible. Uh, so solutions should ensure timely sync discovery for uninterrupted data communication to the sync. So basically, we want to guarantee message delivery from signal to the, to the sync node. We, can, we should be able to, to route at any time. Uh, as as long as long uh, every time when the sense node have some information to transmit. Okay, that's the, the problem and the network model. Mm, and then our solution is based on uh, observation. It's called the distance effect. Suppose we have this sync node D here, and we have a routing path from S, the sensor node to D, and D moves to D prime, and then we need to discover another route. Okay, so this completely different. Uh, routing path here. And then now, the destination, the signal node is here, is far away from the south node, is here. And it move the same distance in the same, uh, same direction to D prime. You see this, this distance and this direction is the same as this, in this case. And then you discover another routing path. You will find these two paths are di indeed different, but they share a common part here, okay? This this because the clo closer to the sink a node is, the more sensitivity is to the sink's position change in terms of routing. Otherwise, 
in this case, it's, it's not really very sensitive in this portion of the routing path. Okay, so this gives us an idea. The routing may be performed based on rough rather than exact sync location, and depending on how far a node is from the sync. Well, this is the idea. The main proposal is uh, integrated location service and the routing algorithm. So the objective is to enable each sensor a slow wiring based routing next hop to the sync rather than the precise knowledge of quick wiring sync position. So I don't care where the sync is, I just need to know where I need to route to. Okay, that's the and this is the framework of the algorithm. So this algorithm utilizes uh, employs two types of location update technique. One is called a flooding-based update, the other one is called routing-based uh, routing type update. And it is based on uh, the existing routing algorithm, GFG. Uh, GFG is a well-known algorithm, it guarantees delivery, and it is the first uh, state stateless routing protocol. Stateless means there's no routing table stored at, at any node. So a sense node simply, simply uh, do the routing uh, based on one hop neighborhood information. And there's no route disc, uh, routing, route discovery phase. So every time you want to send a message, you just send it and the message is going to be delivered, delivered to the destination dynamically according to the, uh, the current network status or current network topology. And it is a, it is a position based routing protocol. And this algorithm is based on this, uh, this GFG algorithm. And uh, for the flooding type uh, update, so the sync updates location to neighboring sensors after or before a link, a link breaks or whenever link creation is observed. Well, a link is created can be observed, uh, a link creation can be observed when you receive a hello message for a new, na new neighbor. So you know it's a new neighbor, then it's a new link. And uh, a link breaks, is, it happens it, uh, when a neighbor does disappear, you miss a number of uh, hello messages from the neighbor node, okay? And uh, when the sending location update, the idea is the, the sync node are going to tell the sensor nodes where they are currently. And then it relies on flooding, but flooding is not uh, uh, network-wide. It's restricted within a necessary area only where the sensor nodes experience routing change according to the GFG algorithm. Routing change means uh, the sensor nodes knows uh, location of the sync, and then now it receives a, a, location, a new location report of the sync node. And it compares the routing next hop based on these two positions. And then if it finds they are using the same routing next hop, then it's a keep silent, it will not retransmit the message, the location update message. Otherwise, they're going to do the retransmission. So that's uh, that's uh, how they control the flooding scope. Uh, this uh, decision is made purely in a, uh, by the node itself according to its own, uh, its own neighborhood information. And then, in addition, dedicated location update message is routed toward selected nodes for prevention of node failure. So in some cases, you need to do some extra, make some extra efforts to ensure that there's no routing failure going to occur. But this uh, depends on node mobility. We'll see how it's going to be implemented later. Uh, this is the framework, okay? And oh, okay, there is another requirement. Initially, the sync node need to broadcast its own position to all the nodes in the network. And after that, it runs this algorithm to update the location. Okay. And we have two versions of this algorithm. 
One is for the, uh, it's called uncontrollable sync mobility. So we have no um, knowledge about the sync mobility. And in this case, location update message contains the current position of the, sense, uh, the, the sync node. So sync nodes update its own location to sensors based on current location. Okay, so flooding location update, flooding type location update is triggered after a link breakage is observed because you have no idea where the sync is, uh, where uh, the sync have no idea where it's moving. So you can only know whether, uh, if a, sync, a link going to, a link is broken after it finds there's a, a number of hollow messages missed from the, the neighbor. So you have to do it after the sync link breakage is observed. And uh, in this case, uh, in this case, the sync actually class classify its neighbors into uh, two categories. Uh, let's say at, at time slot t, the sync node has a set of neighbor neighbors, and the next time slot t plus one, and uh, it finds uh, it computes its, uh, its neighbor neighbor side again, and it finds there's some some neighbors is no longer its, its uh, neighbor node. And it's classified those nodes into two categories. One is called the lost neighbors, which actually is, is out of its current two-hop neighborhood. And the other category is called uh, semi-lost neighbors, which is, means the nodes is not its current one-hop neighbor, but still within its two-hop neighborhood. It can make this decision because it knows those sensor nodes' position information. So it can compute whether they are actually two-hop away or one-hop away. Uh, by doing these uh, these two classifications, it can it can specify during in the location update message whether a sensor node needs to retransmit. If the a sensor node is covering a semi-lost neighbor, then the sensor node needs to retransmit the hollow the the routing up uh, the routing uh, the, the the location update message, even if its routing next next hop does not change. Okay, there's some exceptional situation here because it is covering the semi-loss neighbor. Uh, it doing this because in this, by doing this, it can ensure this semi-loss neighbor is going to receive the location update message. That's the purpose of doing this. And, and then routing type location update is sent to lost neighbors. Okay, so lost neighbor will not receive location update directly. It's not going to receive it from uh, any current neighbor of this, uh, this signal. So it has to be, uh, there is a, a, a dedicated routing message, is a unicast message is used to inform these lost neighbors about the current position of the single node, okay? This is a version for uncontrollable single mobility. And then this is the, the example of how it works. Now, the, uh, initially, let's say, at some, some point, the sync is at position AI, and it moves to position I plus one. In this case, B is a lost neighbor. A is a semi-lost neighbor. So A is not a two-hop neighbor of, of it's, it's two, more than two hops away from this, uh, this current position of the sync node. Okay, so sync transmits a hollow message because it knows that there is a link breakage occurs. And the C receives the message. It, it decides to retransmit because previously the routing next hop to the sync node is C from C to D and to to the sync node here. But now C can send a message directly to the sync node. So the routing net hub changes. So C retransmits the message. And D also retransmits the message because it covers the semi-loss neighbor A. Covers means A is its current one-hop neighbor. So 
uh, so the signal specifies that uh, D should, should retransmit in the update, location update message. So D retransmits. And, and then A received the message, and uh, A also retransmitted because the routing, routing has half changes. Now E received message from location update message of signal node from C, D, and E, but it transmitted only once, of course, and uh, because the, the routing has half changes. And I've received the location update message, and this message stopped there because it used the same routing as hop to AI and A, I plus one. So the routing as hop is the same. There's no routing change there. So the message stops here. It's not propagated anymore. And then there's a lost neighbor. So A send a, a unicast message along a path to the lost neighbor B. Okay, this is how the algorithm works. Well, this figure shows how the algorithm guarantee delivery. So we'll skip that. The, the other variant of this algorithm is for controllable sync mobility. So sync has, has knowledge about its own mobility. It knows where it's moving to because it can control it. And in this case, it's, uh, we consider that we can tolerate some delay. So when sets node wants to send a message to the sync, uh, it actually sends the message to the, to the sync's step destination. Sync moves step by step. Each step is, has a destination. So the sense node will send it to the step destination when the sync arrives there. So before that, it holds the message locally. And this is some delay tolerance here. And then location, in this case, location update message contains the current step destination of the sync node. So it does not update its current uh, location, but uh, updates its step destination. And the flooding type location update is performed before link breakage is about to happen. So it's able to do it because it's no it's mobility information, speed and uh, acceleration. It knows when a, a neighbor going to, uh, to uh, leave from its neighborhood. Okay. And the routing type location update is sent toward the old step destination. Okay, when step destination change occurs, we'll see it in the next slide. So look at this example. A sync is at node left position AI and it moves towards the step destination AI plus one. So it's moving towards this position here. This is this current step destination. At position B, it finds that node U going to, uh, it's going to, node U is going to be out of its transmission range. So this a link, break, a link between U and B, U and, uh, and the sync going to be broken. So it transmit a location update message, which contains its step destination AI plus one. So U knows that uh, the, the sync is, is moving to, to here, okay? And, and then the sync keep moving towards the AI plus one. At some point, the C changes its mind, decides to move to somewhere else. It's moved to AI plus two, okay? Now there's a problem because you still think, thinks that the signal is actually moving to here, but the actual signal is moving to a different location. When later on, you will send the information to here, the message won't be lost. So to avoid that, before the signal move to a new destination A plus, AI plus two, it send a location update message by, by unicasting towards this old step destination using this JFG protocol again. And this protocol has a nice property. It guarantees that a node closest to, to the destination, this, this is a position, going to receive the message. Okay, so even though there's no nodes at this position, but the, some, some set node closest to here going to receive the message. Uh, so, so this node will, will know that, that the signal is actually moving towards AI plus two. But later on, 
you send a message using the same GFG routing protocol send towards destination AI plus one, this node W which is closer to AI plus one will also receive the message and then direct the message to the new step destination here, AI plus two. Okay, that's the idea. That's why we are using this uh, dedicated uh, uh, routing type location update. And this also shows that the algorithm guaranteed delivery because eventually the, route, the, the message is going to be directed to the, to the sync node. There's uh, some, some technique to improve the performance. Like uh, we say there is flooding type location update message which use flooding. Yes, flooding, but within some, some limited area. And then we actually prove that it's the delivery guarantee remains even if there's no flooding type location update is retransmitted. That, that, that thing is, the thing simply send a message to all its neighbors and then nobody retransmits the message and still the algorithm works. The message delivery is guaranteed. Okay, this can save a lot, a lot of messages and the back, actually by controlling uh, the depths of how, how deep the, the location update message is going to go, we can actually adjust the performance of the algorithm uh, and get some trade-off between message cost and uh, routing performance. Routing performance will be evaluated using this dilation factor. Dilation, the dilation of routing paths is actually is the, uh, is the ratio of of this, uh, the number of hop counts in the discovered path to the num number of hop counts of the shortest path. Okay, so in ideal case is equal to one, but uh, uh, actually cannot be be one; it should be larger than one. So we can get some trade-off between routing dilation and the message cost. Okay, and we control it by simply using a TTL field in the message. There's also other enhancement techniques. For example, you can use dominating side concept to reduce message transmission in this flooding type location update. So only nodes belong to a dominating site retransmit the, uh, the flooding type location update. And also we can use beacon list approach. So a, a node, uh, recall that uh, a node retransmit a hollow message if it is required to do so because it uh, is covering a semi-loss neighbor, okay? But in this, in this, uh, with this enhancement technique, so a real neighbor covering a semi-loss neighbor holds a flooding type of update message until it overhears, overhears a routing packet with outdated single location. So if there is no communication going on, I do not retransmit because that does not make any sense. And also to reduce the delay because in this controllable single mobility case, the sensor will hold this message locally until the signal reaches step destination. Well, but if it's a long step, so it's going to wait a long time. So in this case, we can divide the, the, the long step into a, some sub, a number of sub-steps and to reduce the delay. And each time the, 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 we, uh, we route to the, route to the interme intermediate step endpoints or destination. Okay. And then we have this performance evaluation. There's uh, a number of results. Here is only a shows a few. And uh, we can see, uh, what's this? This is message cost and compared with the existing algorithm, which is DC flooding, I guess. So you can see this is the, the existing algorithm. This is our algorithm. You can see we have very low message cost compared with, with the, that one. And this is the average dilation factor, the, the routing performance. <coughs> we can see which is our algorithm. This, we have very low 
dilation factor is, is, is good. So the closer to one, the better. So we have a very good dilation factor. Okay, there is more results in the paper, so you can find it, the, the, the algorithm in this paper. It's not uh, published yet, it's, uh, it's, you can find it on my website here. Okay. So I'm going to wrap it up. So we have addressed the mobility handling problem for different, uh, in different uh, uh, networks by different algorithms like the Hollow protocol and the mesh protocol. So this uh, and this ILSR protocol. And uh, in the future, we can we can consider uh, for this Hollow uh, Hollow protocol ARH. We can try with our different uh, mobility models. Currently, we're using these pedestrian runners. Is uh, but uh, what if uh, we can we use it? Uh, in a weak light hollow networks. So each node will have very high mobility. What's going to happen? What's the problem going to be? And then for this MH, so we can, we want to achieve the closest service selection or nearby service selection. But this, the current approach does not guarantee this. So even though it's achieved with a very high probability, larger than like 98%, 96%, but how can guarantee it? So it's a problem, it's open problem. And then for the LSR protocol, we only consider a single mobile signals now. In the future, we'll consider multi-sync scenarios. Okay, that's all about uh, uh, any questions and comments. Did that analysis? We simply using the simulation to evaluate the performance. Yeah, and this method cost means the location update cost, because you are updating location. You are using this flooding type location update. Using this route type routing type location update. Then this cost, and there is another there is a thing approach which is com uh, comparable to uh, competing algorithm because it's also localized. It can guarantee delivery. But it's, uh, it's also using flooding, but it's, uh, it's uh, scope-limited flooding. But uh, they are doing it in a, in a very intelligent way, so we have a very big improvement over them. So that's in, in terms of packet overhead? Or? Uh, yes, the number of messages used for location update. And this is for the, the routing itself. You know, the, we compared the routing paths discovered by different algorithms. And, If you, so I guess the point of the mobile sync is so that you can sort of increase connectivity so you can collect data from a gigabyte network? Uh, no, actually, there is different type of thing. One is like a, you control the sync mobility, then you can actually uh, visit some particular points and collect data from there. That's the data collection problem. Another one is like uh, you purely want to balance standard consumption by moving the sync some randomly or in whichever way. And uh, in that case, we want to uh, maintain this routing path from sense node to the sync node. Otherwise, in the other previous case, you can simply maintain the path from the sense node to the random points where the sync going to collect data. Mm -hmm. So it's different thing. Yeah. The, um, if you change the connectivity otherwise, say instead of moving the sync, if you change the transmission radius or reception radius, 
can these sort of movement tricks be used as well to maintain connectivity, do you think, for me? Uh, yes, actually, if you uh, increase the transmission range of the signal node, well, we can actually remove the semi-loss neighbor uh, case because the semi-loss neighbor is going to be still covered by the signal node because it has yeah, twice transmission, twice large transmission range. Uh, otherwise, it remains the same unless you have infinite, infinite transmission range. Still need to update location message, location information, yeah.